We're going deep down into the TV rabbit hole, and I've got to do something, Harry, because I've been in post-production here over the last couple of weeks, and I always forget now to mention our Facebook page. It's yes. Jim and Harry TV. Jim and Harry TV. All those words. It's not one word. It's all separate. I got a brand new graphic for the front page of our Facebook page. Looks great. It looks amazing. And what do you say? It's Jim and Harry TV? That's it. Jim and Harry TV. That's and it. do you have to spell out TV, or can you go? You shorten it. It, it just T and V right together. Yeah. So yeah. you can shorten it. Then. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> so we go down the TV rabbit hole every time we broadcast, and we basically pick two shows that have intrigued us for some reason, uh, reason or another. Shows that we watch when we're kids. Shows that we've watched as adults. Good shows, bad shows, interesting shows. Doesn't matter if they intrigued us. We feature them. So how you doing today, my friend? Uh, we're allowed to do shows that aren't interesting and bad, too. We, I think we featured them all. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. That Okay, so for next time, I'm going to have a really bad, uninteresting show. But for this time, I'll go with what I prepared. Well, I'm you know, doing great. How are you? I'm really good, and I'm so happy glad. Happy holidays. <laughs> yes, happy holidays to you. You know, that you can say that any time. Because yeah, when, people, the, when people listen to this, they have no... It could be Thanksgiving. It could be, it could be Flag Day, you know, so... Well, I have a full big gulp here, as I always do when we begin the broadcast. And I hope you don't mind. I want to kick it off because I've got a show that's so yes. universal. Because I know you're going to have Lady so much and to Jeff. Pink, no, that was last time. Okay. <laughs> the Joey Bishop show. That's the one that we've never even <laughs> managed to get, finish. Hmm. So, and, No, no, no. This was ranked the 82nd greatest television show of all time by some poll TV guide. I don't know. But Good old eight. number 82, Greg Latta, Chicago Bears tight end, circa 1975. That's what you, you know. Your 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 knowledge of mediocre <laughs> bear and cub players is just uh, astounding. So congratulations. That's what you. we call in the business a showstopper, and not in a. <laughs> Not in a good way. Okay, All right. Just so you know. This show, this TV show, was on from January 1966 to March of 1968, so only really three seasons, but it's still the 82nd greatest show of all time. It is Batman. What? Batman. Oh, yes. There's, oh, you say this is only the 82nd greatest show of all time? Hey, I thought that was pretty good. 82nd? That's all right. Oh. Not in my world. No. We're way up the charts. No. This is at least top 30, I would say. Well, and, and you know, a lot of people would agree with you. It was on for 120 episodes. Uh, it actually was the only sitcom to have no laugh track, at least at that point. And I didn't realize that. But yeah, there was no laugh track in Batman. You know what? You're right. Um, I think they got around that problem, if I remember correctly, with music around every corner, basically. Right? Isn't that how they did that? And lots of sounds. Bam! Yeah. Slang! Car... Sounds of the Batmobile. You know, stuff like that, right? Who's the guy from Police Academy, the black guy? Because you're really turning Commandant into... Commandant Lassard. <laughs> no, that was George Gaines. No, the, also the, starred in Punky Brewster. No, right? the, the black guy from uh, Police okay. Academy who does all the sound oh, yeah. effects. I know him. I actually worked with him. You did? What was well, his name? I, that's what I'm trying to remember. Uh, his name was officially the guy from Police Academy yeah. who did all well, the sound effects. And you know what? That's his entire act. Now, he gets huge yeah. laughs. But, uh, right. yeah, I, I was emceeing a comedy show in Fort Myers. And all I did, I, I mean, I did two minutes. Michael, Michael, I, I think that's his name. Uh, it'll come to yes. me. I'll put it in the correct. Yes. But Michael, anyway. we missed you at the Academy. <laughs> 
Okay. All yeah. right. So, Batman. It was, as you remember, it was on Wednesdays and Thursdays because they had the, the, the episode that would end in a cliffhanger. And then on Thursday, they would go ahead and Batman and Robin would somehow escape. And then by the end, they'd usually hmm. arrest the criminal. So, I did not know that. Well, that was I, the case. That was yeah. the case for seasons one and two. Um, and they didn't do it in season three, which I'll get to in just a minute. But, of course. Hmm. Batman is a classic because it was on the network and it's never been out of syndication. When we were kids, it seemed like it was on every day after school. So I think we've probably seen just about every one of the 120 episodes. Would you agree? Oh, I'm sure. And, and several multiple times. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, everyone remembers, of course, that, uh, that there were the famous villains. Uh, Frank Gorshin played the Riddler. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we remember Julie Newmar is a Catwoman. Then there was also Eartha Kitt, and then there was the Batman movie, which we'll get to in just a minute. But uh, Cesar Romero was a Joker. The great Burgess Meredith was Penguin. Those were the big villains that we remember, and those were the ones that were featured in season one. So season okay. one. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. When you pick a show that I am like, you know, crazy about, like this one, I can't stop myself from interrupting. But I'm going to do it. You go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say season one was the big smash. Uh, The ratings were great. Everyone went crazy. Uh, Adam West was on the cover of, I think, Life magazine and also TV Guide. Uh, Everything was great. Now, as you remember, is and granted, we didn't watch them chronologically because we were too young. No. But as you're watching some of the episodes, when they didn't have Cesar Romero or Burgess Meredith or Julie Newmar, then they started to come up with the the secondary criminals, for lack of a better term. Like and King Tut. At King Tut. I'd even put King Tut in, in, in the A-list. They had really? so many, no. well, you know, I mean, but th- there were so many B-list and C-list criminals, and I'm going to get to a, a list here in, in just a minute, but guys like, you know, you remember Art Carney? And they had... Uh, yeah. yeah what did and he play? He was, he, well, he was the archer. Oh, okay. bad. Bad. Yeah. No, and, and that was, the, and that's, and, and this is the thing that I really took away from all this because I didn't have to do a lot of research on Batman, but I did anyway. And I found out the reason why the show got canceled and why it went downhill. And a lot of people don't know this. Do tell. There is a, a great documentary. It's called Starring Adam West. It's obviously the life story of Adam West. It was done about 10 years ago before he died. And he mentions the fact that, boy, you know, we were the biggest hit. Uh, Adam West hosted the Hollywood Palace two times after that first season. He even recorded a record called Miranda, which is absolutely just horrible. But it, it's definitely worth the YouTube because it's so... Ba- yeah, he's singing, and it's such a bad song. I never met a girl like you before, Miranda. Miranda. And I'd do anything for you if you just ask Obviously, a producer came to him, said, hey, here's $50,000. We want you to... And, and the, the record cover, it was a 45. It was a single. And it's, oh. it's two pictures of him. One of him is Batman. Then one of him is Adam West, like in an open-collar shirt with an ascot. You know, kind of Bruce Wayne-y looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there, Mar- yeah. Miranda is the song. And I was actually going to pause this and have you listen to it and come back. But I'll just tell everyone, do it. Google it, YouTube it. It's terrible, and it's worth it. So here's season one. Everything's great. Hollywood Palace, Life Magazine. Then after season one, 
Remember they did the Batman movie? You remember the movie. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Exactly. One of my favorite lines. I use yes. it at work all the time. That's, yes. and, and the movie itself, I think, is a masterpiece. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. And you had, of course, all the criminals, as well as Lee, uh, Lee Merriweather, who played Catwoman for the movie. It wasn't Julie Newmar. Right. So anyway, right. so they do the movie. The movie was moderately successful at the time, but obviously it has a cult following now. But Adam West says this, and I'd never heard this before. He said, what happened was we did that movie, and while we were doing that movie between the seasons, we weren't planning for season two. So they get them with the movie. They're like, okay, now let's plan for season two. So they get the writers, and they start writing, and they get to the, okay, let's write a Riddler. Frank Gorshin's like, well, I'm sorry you guys want to do I, I'm booked up for the next six months. So they'd go and get like a John Astin. As you remember, John Astin played. Oh, yeah, he was the backup Riddler, yeah. But they didn't have enough time to prepare. So now they've got these, these, these villains in seasons two and three that were just absolutely, you know, I mean, a lot of them are cringeworthy, for God's sake. For instance, here's the list. And, and, and yeah, I know, I know you're probably, you're gonna, I guarantee you're going to bat at least 50% on this one. Okay. All right. The great actor Vincent Price, he played what criminal? Egghead. Right. Carolyn Jones, who was Morticia from the Adams Family. Remember her? Oh, I remember, but I can't remember the name. Marsha. She was Marsha, Queen of Diamonds. All right. Yeah, yeah vaguely. Yeah, that was not a good one. Not okay. good. No. Cliff Robertson. Cliff Robertson? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't he sell insurance? But not on Batman, probably. <laughs> no. I don't know. I have. Oh, he was a, he was a Western. A, yes. A, like a, a cowboy kind of a guy, right? It was a takeoff on Shane. They called Shane. Him, that's... They, no, they called him Shame. Yeah, with an M. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, shame. I never knew yeah. that. Okay. I just thought it was Shane. Okay, see, I got that one. I'm yeah, you did. No, you got it. Okay. Yeah. How, about, how about Milton Berle? Yes, he played... God bless it. Uh, so, I don't know. It's don't so know. lame. Louis the Lilac. Yeah. Rod, the, Roddy, lame even hearing you say that. I know, I know. Uh, Roddy McDowell, who was a yeah, fine actor. Yeah, he was um, bookworm. Very good, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We already said Art Carney was the archer. Uh, and Jerry Mathers as the beaver. No. <laughs> the great Van Johnson was a criminal. What did he play? Yeah, Van Johnson. He was the archer. No, that was, I already said that was Art Carney. <laughs> no. Van jo- he, 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 I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a hint. He had a loot. A loot? Yeah, he had a loot. No, nah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Mm. Robin Hood. No, he was the minstrel. Yeah. That was pretty close. I remember now, yeah. That's how about... That <clears throat> was bad. How about Liberace? Remember him? No. Wait, oh, wait. He was a guest star, right? He wasn't a villain. Was yes, he? no, he was a villain, yeah. I thought he popped out of the window or something. Like no, that. no. Okay, no, have no clue. He was... Lee, Sha- Lee. He was Lee Liberace. No, he, was, he was Shondell, but you remember? He actually played... <laughs> He played himself. He played Shondell, and then the twin brother, the evil twin. That was the guy that was the bad guy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and that that reminds me of one of my favorite favorite plot twists of all time on Batman. They were talking about the fact that Shondell had been in town like a year previous, and someone said, "No, that wasn't him. It was this evil twin." And Batman or Adam West is like, "Well, no, because I saw it." And then in his mind, he replays the concert. And he sees where the evil twin 
actually plays a wrong chord, like misses a note by one or two notes. He goes, that's right. He was supposed to be in C major, and I saw him go to D minor. <laughs> it was the evil twin. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, you're saying that's not believable? I mean, we're talking about Bruce Wayne's that's very true. sophisticated that's you know, true. culture. Not like you and I. Well, like, you know, we, uh, so. any, any man who can wear an ascot and pull it off, that's, that's culture right there, you know? Do you uh, think those are going to come back, ascots? I, I hope not. No, I Pipes, I hope maybe, not. too? I'd be up for pipes, not ascots, though. Well, like, speaking of pipes, did you know the great Rudy Valley, the uh, actor and singer? He was a villain. Do you remember who he played? No. I'm L- giving you up almost. Lord Marmaduke Fogg with two Fs. So I guess it would be Fogg. Yeah, he actually, and this was one of the lamest of all time, he would have that big pipe, and then he'd light it, and then all the smoke would come out, and everyone would be like, you know, rendered useless. They'd all like be passed out because he, mm-hmm. yeah, I just lame. Was it colored smoke too? No, it wasn't even colored. It was just white, which made it even okay. lamer. All right, Ethel Merman. Wait, wait a minute. Go ahead. Oh, Ethel Merman. Oh, wait. Can I do my uh, Ethel Merman doing ACDC? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that's part of your act. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm on the highway to hell. Okay, that's it. Okay, um, sorry. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before your neighbors call the cops after that one. <laughs> so, uh, Ethel Merman. Mm, yeah, I Lo- don't know. Lola Lasagna. Oh, God. No, uh, this is, you're making this. No, up. I swear to God. Uh, Joan well, Collins. Give me Roddy McDowell. Oh, wait, no, who? You knew Roddy McDowell. You did that. That was a bookworm. Uh, Joan Collins. She played what? Oh, Joan Collins. Yeah. I remember her. Yeah. Um, and this is when she still looked good. She was the siren. That's right. Yes. Oh, See? I got that. I pulled that out of somewhere. That is a final Jeopardy question <laughs> right there. Good for you. All right. How about the great Tallulah Bankhead? Yeah. Catwoman. No. Wasn't she like a guest Catwoman? No. The Eartha Kitt and Julie Newmar yeah. were the Catwoman. Right. No. Anyway. But, she, but you know what? Your, 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 your memory is, is not failing you because she was the Black Widow. She dressed in black. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So you're pretty yeah, close. Yeah, sorry. In the All ballpark. Right. All right. How about, and this, now this is really the final Jeopardy question. Who were the three Mr. Freezes? Three Mr. Freezes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> number uh, one. Yes, number one. Vincent Price. No, he, he was Egghead. I know, but I thought he was also Mr. Freeze for, all right. Number two, Ray Walston. <laughs> no, although no? he would have been a good Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Forrest Tucker. No, although he would have been a good, he would have been a good archer, I think. Um, okay. No, the, th- the three Mr. Freezes were up. George Sanders, Otto Preminger, and Eli Wallach. So there you go. Hmm. All right. And the, Wasn't and the, Eli Wallach in Spaghetti Westerns? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he did a lot of those. See, All right, I'm just fu- trying, to, I'm if, trying to recover some form of credibility if, by throwing in something that shows I pay attention. All right. All right how about the final ahead. one? How about this? Avery Schreiber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Jack Burns or without Jack Burns? No, just Avery Schreiber. Okay, he was um, Captain Dorito. <laughs> no, it's a trick question. He wasn't a criminal. I just want to throw in Avery Schreiber. But um, he was in there. He was he on the show? No, he was he, not that I know of. No, he wasn't a criminal. That's I mean, after sure. all the trouble I'm having right. here, you still tri- tripping me <laughs> yeah. up. Okay. Well, I just want to throw in that one. So all right, so, remembered. Ba- so Batman goes through season two. Uh, they got these lame criminals. Uh, the ratings start to fall off. Then, of course, they pull the Cousin Oliver in Season 3, and they bring in uh, Batgirl, uh, Yvonne Craig, and she was okay, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. the, so the ratings are continuing to go down, and ABC says, all right, we're canceling the series. NBC says, wait a minute, you know what? We'll pick it up. 
So Adam West is like, yeah, all right, man, we're going to go to NBC. But it turned out in the small time period between canceling it on ABC and getting picked up by NBC, the producers destroyed the Batcave. They said, what the hell are we going to do with this? So they destroyed the whole thing, and NBC said, well, shit, we don't want to have to rebuild all this stuff. So there you go. So it was canceled. That's it. End of Batman in March of 1968. You How mean they canceled it because they destroyed the set? Yep. And they NBC was, NBC was ready to pick it up, but they didn't want to have to rebuild the Batcave. That was that big of a deal. It you was could, that big I of mean, a deal. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was guess. Was it really that elaborate? I mean, I guess it was. Yeah, it looked elaborate, but I, you know, I thought it's a set. It's probably like all facades, yeah. right? I mean, who knows? But that, that's, that was the case. They said, nope, we don't want to rebuild it. No, we don't want it. So, Batman's canceled. Now, we've got to go through the reboots because this gets us to a very interesting footnote in history. Mm-hmm. Batman's canceled. Adam West is typecast. And now before... Before Adam West was uh, cast as Batman, he was in The Outlaws is Coming. Do you remember that movie? I do not. Okay, it starred the Three Stooges in Adam West. And Which yeah, Stooges? Did they have Curly Joe Dorita? Yeah, Curly Joe Dorita was there with, with Moe and Larry. And it's, when you watch that, you realize why Adam West did not find work after Batman. And I hate to say this, you hate to speak ill of the dead. He was not a good actor. I mean, watch your mouth. No, I'm but and and again, that leads me to the 70s and 80s where he can't get work. And and this was in uh, in in the documentary saw starring Adam West. So he can't get work. He's depressed. He starts drinking too much. And what hanging out with Clayton Moore. Yeah. yeah, You know what? And Clayton Moore (laughs) is in that same ballpark because this is before before they had the Comic Cons. So. Oh, right. Yeah. So what does he do? He's going to like auto shows around the country, and he's mm-hmm. he's driving like a bad Winnebago. And they 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 show still photos of him, and he's there in the Batman costume. But it appears that they wouldn't even let him use the real Batman costume. He's in like a knockoff costume, and oh. he's got kind of a belly, and he's standing in front of a real bad Winnebago. He's got like a card table, and it's oh, no. it's so depressing. I've got to see those photos. That can we post those on our Facebook page? You know what? I will. When we post this, I promise I'll put some of those photos up there. But then, of course, uh, Comic Con came along, and Adam West then had a, a, a rebirth in his career because of Family Guy. Um, but they did do two reboots to Batman and Robin, and I think you know one of them. It was in 2003, Return to the Batcave. Did you see that one? Yes, I did. And what'd you think? That was a point. Um. I can't remember a lot of details from it, to be honest with you, but I do remember enjoying the show. Yeah, uh, I, thought, I thought it was yeah. great because they have Adam West and Burt Ward in real time, and then they start doing flashbacks, and then they have younger actors playing them when they were doing Batman. But is right. there Adam West and Burt Ward going out into the world? They're actually trying to solve this crime because the Batmobile was stolen. So. Here's Adam and Bert as themselves trying to find out who stole the Batmobile. And they have the, uh, I think, Frank Gorshin made an appearance. I think Julie Newmar made an appearance. I thought it was clever. I thought it was actually one of the good, you know, reboot-type movies because it was, it was original. It was good. And you say it was 2003? 2003. And then they came back in 2016 and 17 and did two animated features. Um, they were both cartoons. Uh, one was Batman, Return of the Cape Crusaders, and in 2017, Batman versus Two-Face. 
and uh, that was released uh, after Adam West passed away. So those... I have no knowledge or memory of those. Were they who who were the actors other than Adam West? On no, those, it was it, there, it was all cartoons. It was all animated. I know, but who were the voice? Who did the voices? Did Burt Ward participate? Yeah, Burt Ward was there. Julie Newmar did one. Um, whoever was left, I think, did uh, did their voices. There weren't many people left. Uh, okay. But they're both good. They're both really good. Now, here's the one piece of trivia that, uh, uh, well, there are actually a couple pieces of trivia. Um, they, were, they wrote an episode that they never produced uh, featuring the villain Two-Face. And supposedly, supposedly, if they ever had filmed or taped or recorded this, this episode, the role of Two-Face would have been played by Clint Eastwood. You got to be kidding me! No. What would we give to hear that episode? I that know. would be phenomenal. I know. Uh, let's see. The only other thing that I wanted to mention is I'm going through my uh, notes. I could not find out, and I really went into the rabbit hole and went deep. I could not find out why in the hell the bat phone was kept in a cake tin. Couldn't find any reference to it at all. Couldn't find Maybe. any reference at all. Maybe because, like, you know, there was off-screen, not part of the script, but there could have been, like, a bunch of kids, grubby-fingered kids living in the house, and they were afraid they were going to come mess with the phone or something like that. Sure. Uh, And they said, they told him, you touch this, you're dead, you little (laughs) bastard. Something like that. You know, that would have made good sense. But as you know, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne was, uh, was a bachelor. And his only oh, that's right. You know, and, and, but he and might his, have had illegitimate children. Well, and of course, you, you know, pre Robin, of course, Robin was his ward, which always sounded creepy to me, even as a kid. Yeah, what was up with that? <laughs> I never even processed yeah. that until you just said that. Yeah, that that whole relationship Whoa. was a little strange. Yo, yeah. yes. So there you go, Batman, nineteen sixty six. Wait a minute. Yep, go ahead. Can I hit you with one last uh, Do it, man. piece of trivia? Go. This is real life stuff about Adam West. He lived out in Arizona until his death, I believe. You can verify that. For, but did you know how Adam West listed himself in the phone book, in the white pages, you know, when they used to have phone books? Right. Uh, in his later years? Well, I'm just going to guess and say Bruce Wayne. No. He had two listings in there. Under, If you looked up West, under it said West, Adam, and then it said C, Batman. And then earlier in the book it said Batman, C, Adam West. Really? Mm-hmm. This is what I've been told, so I'm sure it's true. Let's uh, no, that sounds great. And, and you <laughs> know, we can verify that for the correction. I'm going to look that up because I just told you something, and I might be leading the audience down garden path. But I was told that by several reliable sources, meaning my crummy, my I mean my wonderful, fabulous friends who have knowledge of just about everything. Uh, and one of them told me that. So it's got to be true, right? Well, it might be interesting to see if you could find some old white pages, find the number. Call up and have his widow answer and say, "Listen, this is Commissioner Gordon. Is, 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 is Batman? Oh, he's. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Okay, you know, just just like just like when we found Harry Carey's number listed in the Palm Springs phone book, and we would call him randomly on occasion. Wait, didn't we actually call Harry Carey one time over at the Ambassador East Hotel? Uh, we ca- I know we called him at home because I did three-way calling, and, and, you, ca- and you did the hairy voice. So he's, hello, and you're like, hello. hello. <laughs> mm, who is it? You're not, leave me alone, you little you son of a bitch. No, I remember, you, I remember you, you, you panicked because, who is this? <laughs> and, you said, and you said, hello, is Milt there? <laughs> Milt. Oh. You got the wrong number, click. <laughs> That's my go-to line when I get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, oh, so down man. the rabbit hole of Batman. I'm so anxious to oh, see what good you got one. this week. Thank you. I thought you'd like oh, it. Oh, my God. Loved it. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, I'd like to start off my entry uh, with a joke. Okay? Okay. Are we ready? I'm Here ready. We go. What's long, yellow, and seldom rings? Um... Uh, let's see. An unlisted banana. Uh, yes. I got and it. That means you yeah. got it. That's right. Okay. And that means you know where I'm going to go with this, right? Not really. I, but keep going. <laughs> okay. That joke yeah. probably appeared many places, but most prominently to me, appeared on the 1965 broadcast of the Dick Van Dyke show ah. known as Coast to Coast Big Mouth, uh, which just appeared again, live and colorized on network TV a couple of days ago due to the passing of my subject for tonight, Mr. Carl Reiner. Ah, very okay. good. Yes. And uh, I would like to say that uh, Carl Reiner is one of my comedy heroes because he is one of the founding fathers of many, many comic heroes that we all have nowadays. Like... Jerry Seinfeld and all kinds of guys like that. Uh, and I'll go over that in a minute. But I want to pay a little bit of a tribute to Carl Reiner through the prism of the Dick Van Dyke Show. The Dick Van Dyke Show, Jim, I know you feel the same way as I do, is the show itself is royalty. I don't know where it's ranked on the all-time list, but it's right up there in my book. I mean, way up there. Yep, no doubt. And so uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show aired from 61 to 66 on CBS. 15 Emmy Awards, okay? Now, everybody knows, or a lot of people know, that Carl Reiner was uh, the executive producer, or main producer of the show, but he was also the creator of it. Right. And I want to take you back a little bit to how it came to be that he created the Dick Van Dyke Show. The original Dick Van Dyke Show, when they did the pilot, wasn't Carl Reiner Dick Van Dyke? Here's the thing. Okay. It was called Head of the Family. Ah. Uh, what happened was, Carl Reiner was trying to come up with a show. Uh, he was offered several sitcoms, because he was now a name. You know, he sure. had been on your show's shows. A few years had passed. People knew who he was. He did really well. So he thought, uh, I guess, the, the quote that I have here that I read was, on what piece of ground do I stand on that no one else does? I'll write about that. Yeah. Okay? So he wrote about his experience as a writer on your show of shows. So he turned into this idea for a pilot called, uh, uh, what the hell, Head of the Family, uh, where he's basically going to play the role of Rob Petrie, which Dick Van Dyke played. And there's this character, basically he's a writer for, the instead of your show of shows, the Alan Brady show. Alan Brady is Sid Caesar, okay? Um, so they do the pilot, and before they did the pilot, uh, he did 13 scripts. He wrote a shitload of scripts for what became the Dick Van Dyke Show. But the executive producer was a guy by the name of Sheldon Leonard. Yes, I know was, Sheldon Leonard very well. I've read his book, too. A genius. Right. Genius. So, yeah. so you know that, I mean, he's an unusual guy because he played a gangster on TV, and then it turns out he was one of the biggest producers of all time, did the Dick Van Dyke Show, and I believe he did. Didn't he do the Andy Griffith Show, too? Yes, no? and, and he was yeah. most famously, you mentioned he was a, a gangster. He used to be the racetrack tout on the old Jack Benny radio show, and he'd get these huge laughs. He'd be, hey, bud, come here a minute. You know, and you always knew that he was going to lead Jack oh, Benny yeah. down, the, down the wrong path. <laughs> so, and I want to say he and was wasn't also, he, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
I, no, I know it. we're thinking the same thing. He was in It's, it's a, a Wonderful, wonderful life. life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. the bartender, Nick. Hey, Mac. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fascinating so, dude. And, yeah, so Sheldon Leonard said to um, Carl Reiner, he goes, uh, no, no, no. We're going to get somebody much better than you to play you. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was, uh, of course, they got, um, they got Dick Van Dyke and the rest is history. Uh, Carl Reiner, of course, was the head writer. He wrote the first 13 episodes himself. So he based this thing heavily on, you know, not autobiographical because he tried to do the episodes based on embarrassing stuff that happened to him. Some of it was autobiographical, some of it wasn't. But he got other writers on board eventually. And two guys in particular uh, came on board and were really successful, Gary Marshall and Jerry Belson were two of the writers on the Dick Van Dyke show. There were others. But Gary Marshall, of course, is very famous and created The Odd Couple uh, for TV, uh, not the stage. I think Neil Simon did it for the stage originally. Yeah. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. Uh, and, and Gary's, uh, Marshall's sister was Penny Marshall, of course, who was married to who? Uh, Penny Marshall was married to Rob Reiner, who was Carl Reiner. Wow, I didn't realize it was all in the family yeah. that way, but you're exactly right, yeah. Hey, all in the family. You get yeah. you through. I like how you tied that in. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so um, but anyway, he so I'm, Gary Marshall. I saw an interview with him who said, you know, I was nervous. I was uh, trying to come up with ideas, and uh, Carl Reiner basically said, eh, don't worry about it. Just come up with embarrassing stuff that happened to you in your own life. And he goes, well, I got lots of that, and so that that's basically what they rolled with for most of the ideas for the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, although the first 13 episodes were written by Carl Reiner, but he's like, I can't do, I can't do it all, you know. So anyway, um, Dick Van Dyke show history speaks for itself. After the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, Carl, you know, did some things. He was on Laugh-In like a ton, and I guess big part of the joke was he would sometimes appear with his toupee and sometimes without his toupee. But he continued to work. I mean, oh yeah, he brought back the Dick Van Dyke show as that weird bad show. It was in the, I think it was in the. In the 70s, remember the one that Dick did where he lived out in Arizona? Oh, yeah, Carl the new Reiner. Dick Van Dyke show. The new Dick yeah. Van Dyke show. Yeah, and it, was, it, yeah it wasn't good. Oh, it was hideous. Carl yeah. Reiner, he wore like the leisure suits, and it was like, you know, uh, But Carl did some work on that. But mainly then he came back roaring in the late 70s and 80s when he started to do um, produce movies and direct movies. He did, and he did a bunch with Steve Martin and really kind of made Steve Martin a big star. Well, Steve Martin was a big star, but he's, movie-wise, he started to do his earliest one, The Jerk, in 1979. Yep. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Um, he did Summer Rental with John Candy, which to me is a very underrated, silly, fun summer movie. Uh, and he did a bunch of other things, too. But uh, he, you know, Carl continued to work. His credits, if you look at it, go all the way up to this year. Uh, he was recently in Toy Story. He's been on Bob's Burgers, Family Guy. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at this list here. It's just nonstop work. He tweeted all the way up to the end. Whatever your politics are, let's just say he was not a particular fan of Donald Trump. And on the day he died, or the day before, he was expressing that sentiment. But he was also talked about just anything and everything. His love for his family. Um, he, his last tweet looked like it was about, well, I know it was, it was about Noel Coward, uh, the, the old uh, writer, I guess. But anyway, yeah. he came back uh, strong in uh, the 1990s as acting in a film called Ocean's Eleven, and then Ocean's Twelve and Ocean's yes. Thirteen. Yes, oh, and he yeah. was really good in those. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was great. 
really good. And uh, I think this guy is like, people know because he just died, but when you look at it, he was, this guy is a freaking treasure oh, as yeah. far as comedy goes. He is absolutely royalty. Um, I wanted to honor him on this episode uh, because his... You know, he's responsible for so much, even just by, you know, birthing Rob Reiner and then him being involved with All in the Family, but then continuing to go at it. He and Mel Brooks would get together up until a few days ago. Uh, even in the COVID-19, there's pictures of them wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. They watch TV together. They would do it virtually at the end here. Yeah. But they would watch TV and talk to each other. That's cool. Uh, I mean, how great is that? They were lifelong friends since they met on your show of shows. So there's a ton more with Carl Reiner. I can't possibly cover it. So, uh, But I wanted to give some honor to the guy because I thought he was awesome, and I loved his shows and the product and the legacy that he lives. And then now I'd like to finish off with a gratuitous guest star list from the Dick Van Dyke Show that gives me a chance to say the names of all the... Uh, crazy B and C list actors that I like to rattle off from time. All right, to time. you do that. You Are we do ready? that. Yeah, and let me see if I can identify what episode the guest star was in. I'm sure I won't know the character's name, but I'll be maybe I'll be able to give you the plot line to the to okay, the story. Okay, well, there, uh, I'll tell you. There's a yeah. bunch of these where okay. I can't do that, and I watched. I mean, you and I grew up watching. You know what was it? Andy Griffith, then Dick Van Dyke, then Hogan's Heroes, then whatever. It was on every I dream, day. I dream of Jeannie. It seemed I like those four were on. You know, on <laughs> WGN in Chicago every afternoon. So something familiar comedy tonight. That was the commercial they yes, played. Yes, that's right. God. All right, let's hear these guest stars. Okay, Don Rickles. Uh, he played. Oh boy, I don't remember. Okay, well, he played, I think, like a reform. If I remember correctly, I don't have this in front of me, but he played oh, like okay. a reformed criminal. Basically. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Okay, good. Okay, Don Rickles. Okay, the next one, I don't have any memory of his yeah. appearance, Alvie Moore, who, of course, played Hank Kimball. Well, now, <laughs> it's really right. Hank Kimball, you know. <laughs> no, I, I don't remember him on Dick Van Dyke. I remember him on Green Acres, but no, not Dick Van Dyke. All right. Now, here's one that I don't remember his appearance on the show, but uh, you might remember him from a popular early 1980s cop show where he used this line. Yeah. Let's be careful out there. Oh, yeah, I know that guy, the big guy uh, from Michael Hill Street Conrad. Blues. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't remember him. Yeah, he used Who to passed play... away during yeah. Hill Street Blues. Remember? Yeah, he did. He used to play gangsters before Hill Street Blues. He was always a yeah. heavy, I think, yeah. He probably played a heavy on here. Yeah. I mean, we could go back and have a whole episode where we researched their, these appearances. But Okay, uh, then we've got uh, from F Troop and uh, Mayberry RFD, Ken Berry. Yeah, I don't remember him. No recollection. No. This one I remember because I saw a picture on the Internet. Jamie Farr was a delivery man at the office. <laughs> he delivered something. Of course. Okay. That, 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 that's good casting right there. <laughs> okay. This next gentleman pops back, keeps coming back at you no matter what you do. And he was not only appeared as a guest star, but also directed some episodes. And I'm talking once again about the multi-talented, underrated Howard Morris. Finley yeah. D is Ernest T. Yeah, his resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so it is. We could do a whole show on Howard Morris, yeah. Ernest T. Bass. Okay. <laughs> uh, Vic Damone was on there. He played um, some version of himself, like, you know, okay, uh, like uh, Dick Vamone or something. And they were yeah. like, you know, he was like a famous singer. Richard Dawson, I have no idea what he did. Nope, don't remember that either. Struther Martin. I don't no even know who Struther Martin is. 
What we have here is a failure oh. to communicate. Okay. Okay. Remember from uh, Cool Hand Luke? Sure. Okay. Uh, Artie Johnson? Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Artie okay. Johnson. Gavin McLeod? No, don't re I remember him on Andy Griffith, but I don't remember him on Dick Van Dyke. Are you starting to doubt that these people were really on the Dick Van Dyke I'm show? Because I you don't know remember it. I got news for you. I'm binge-watching <laughs> that overnight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then maybe you want to take a peek for the man from UNCLE, Robert Vaughn, too. Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember him. Wow. Okay. And what would a silly sitcom be without our friend Bernie Coppell? God, okay. I, I don't remember Bernie Coppell on it either. Yeah. That that must have been that was probably pre hairpiece. Yeah, oh I'm okay. sure it was pre hairpiece. Saving the best couple for last. Yeah. Okay. Number three from the from from the top. Drum roll, please. None other than Jack Carter. Not oh, Norm God. Crosby, but Jack Carter. Okay. You know, I don't you'd you'd think Jack Carter would find a way to fuck up the Dick Van Dyke show, but obviously the writing was so strong he didn't. <laughs> Right. He probably played a heavy. Uh, yeah. okay. okay. And next, uh, Barry Van Dyke, Dick's son. Have no idea, no memory of that, wow. but apparently he was on the show. But last but not least, of course, yeah. four appearances as the great character Stace yes. Petrie, Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> So I always love to leave them laughing, and that's what Jerry always oh. did. So I'm going to close now. I know it's a little bit of an unorthodox uh, trot down memory lane, but I wanted to honor the great Carl Reiner and his contributions. There are a lot of people that call the Dick Van Dyke Show the perfect sitcom, and it's hard to argue because, like you said, they had so many great writers, so many great characters. I mean, you know, uh, Maury Amsterdam was a Funny, funny guy. And, and Rosemarie had been in show business since she was three. Uh, and, of course, Mary Tyler Moore became this huge star. So it really, I, I'm so glad you picked this show because there are actually two anecdotes that I want to tell you. And I don't know if you know these. Yeah. And Suck it to me. Maury Amsterdam, who, of course, played Buddy uh -huh. Sorrell. Do you right. know that he's the man responsible for getting JFK elected? <laughs> no. No. Now, I, I, I have no comeback to that, but I now, can't wait to hear how. He, this story comes straight from his own mouth. It's 1960. JFK, of course, had been a senator. He's on the campaign trail for president. He's in the Northeast, which, of course, is where Maury Amsterdam was from. And at that point, he was a big star. Nightclub, he had uh, hosted a version of The Tonight Show way back in the 50s. So, you know, he, was a, he had his own show for a while. So he sees JFK. And, of course... They're from the same part of the country. They know each other. Hey, Jack, what are you doing here? He says, oh, I'm making the rounds, doing this TV thing, doing the interviews, because, you know, I'm running for president now. And he says, hey, let me ask you something, Maury. He says, I I'm really trying to figure out the key to this TV thing. He says, I just want to make sure I'm coming across right. He says, well, Jack says, I know you. I'm going to give you some great advice. He says, you've seen my nightclub act, haven't you? Jack <laughs> says, sure. I've, se I've se seen it a dozen times. He says, so my nightclub act is I'm the human joke machine. Which, as you remember, he also did on the Dick Van Dyke show. And what he would do is he yeah. would go, he'd go into the audience and he would say, pick any item, any item at all, and I got a joke for it. So someone from the audience will say banana. And he turns to Jack and he says, you know what, Jack? I don't have a joke about a banana. But I do have a joke about an orange. So I can say a banana and an orange walk into a bar, and then I can tell my orange joke. 
He says, that's what you got to do. He says, don't let them dictate what you say. If they ask you a question about health care, you can say health care is a top priority. And we're going to address that as soon as we address education. And then you talk about education. And Jack's like, wow. So this is pre the JFK Nixon debate, the famous one. Yeah. And JFK had 10 points that he wanted to make. 10 points. He said, I want to make these points. Within the first 10 questions, he managed to turn it around and get seven of his points across. And Maury Amsterdam's watching from him. He's like, yep, Jack. Jack." And sure enough, that that debate was the big turning point. And JFK, as we all know, you know, won the election thanks to your buddies there up in Chicago. So, Wow. Now that is an amazing story. And did you read that in a... Murray Amsterdam autobiography or JFK? It's a book. It's a great book. If you can find it, it's called The Box. It's written by Jeff Kisselhoff, who was a a media critic. And it's all first-person stories from guys like Hugh Downs. And uh, he uh, just died. I know. That's why I, well, I was thinking about him. Um, yeah. You know, Hugh Downs, Downs. Yeah, all, all the guys. I mean, uh, uh, who was the guy that did the Breakfast Club there in Chicago? Don McNeil. Uh, you know, Don Hughes. Oh, I was going to say John Hughes, but you're talking about <laughs> right. the radio show. Right. Okay, yeah. But all those old school guys from, from the 50s and early 60s, they're just telling stories about the early days of TV, and it's great. So that's where I got that story from Maury Amsterdam. Well, you tell you what, here's yeah. what I want to tell you. Yeah. It's most important. Yeah. I love that anecdote, and I appreciate it, and it gives me, it gives me a great idea. When we get the time machine... You and I are going back, and the first thing we're going to do is go see a Maury Amsterdam stand-up routine. I would say <laughs> that number one on the oh. list, right? Well, okay. but see, the thing is, the thing is, if we're going to go, if we're going to go that far back in time, we've got to make sure that we arrange ahead of time to have a couple of dates waiting for us. So let's think yeah. about some hot broads from the 1950s that we could have, you know, standing by. Um, okay. We can. We'll take class on how to talk. I got the horse right here. His name is Paul, Paul Revere. Revere. There's thin a guy ties. that says yeah. the weather's clear. Can do, can do. <laughs> this guy says the horse can do. I love that. Um, yep. Oh, and the second Guys story. And dolls, right? Yep, okay. yep. Second, uh, a second story I wanted to tell, and you know this one. I think it's so great because when you watch the Dick Van Dyke show, Richard Deacon, who played Mel Cooley, and obviously Maury Amsterdam, you know they they always you know jokes and all this stuff. They were best buddies in real life. Yeah, I had heard that. That's <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> They used to go to the track together. They were pals. They'd pal around all the time, which I just thought was such a great story. How do you think Richard Deacon felt about being... Because I watched that episode recently. Um, what did I just say? Coast to Coast Big Mouth. Yeah. I mean, Carl Reiner tells him to shut up uh, two, three times as Alan Brady. I mean, it completely eviscerates the guy. Oh, sure. And then his only other big acting job that I saw him, he plays Lumpy Rutherford's dad on Leave it to Beaver. I mean, this guy, yeah. like, I mean... Wouldn't you kind of feel like you know, knock down a few pegs if you're? I guess you're getting paid. What the hell? You know, well, it's better than most people. Are not. I'll tell you this: it is so funny. It's so funny you would pick this show because I just watched it about four or five days ago. It's on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. It's the Rosemary documentary. Uh, where, <laughs> yeah, boy, have you, you really? Got I know. Down. You're watching the Rosemary. <laughs> I give you. <laughs> You're the king, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm a New Orleans musician in a town that's gone dry for music, so what the hell else am I going to do? I'm not going to practice the tuba, for God's sake. You know, I'd much rather watch the Rosemary documentary. You can't so. see it, but I'm bowing in front of my microphone right now. I don't mean this as a criticism. I just am um, no. disbelief that you, you know, you're achieving this well, 
quality of life. But see, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, you and I, you and I have loved this stuff forever. And I guarantee you, I promise you within the next month, you're going to watch the Rosemary documentary. <laughs> you're going to somehow find it. Yeah. Well, well, I can, can I tell you one thing real quick? Or no, yeah, you're going to finish the story. Then I'll oh yeah. Tell you. No, in the Rosemary documentary. Yeah. Um, and it is very fascinating by the way. She talks about the fact that they would have the script on Monday and then as they would go through the rehearsals they were also you know rosemary was a vet and of course more amsterdam they would come up with you know new lines or change things whatever so they'd always start with a really good script but by wednesday or thursday or whenever they were going to start shooting it became a great script because everyone was funny and dick van dyke of course you know was such a physical comedian that they would write some physical things in and he of course would come up with ways to make it funnier um but did you know this and I, yes, no, I know this for a uh-huh. fact because I did read the Dick Van Dyke autobiography. Wow. He, he doesn't remember a lot of those shows because he was drinking back then. I knew he was a big alcoholic, but I didn't know yeah. he had kind of blacked it out. That's scary. Ooh, that's scary as hell. Yeah. For, I mean, I get blackouts during the course of our show. I forgot <laughs> I mentioned uh, Roddy McDowell, for God's sake. <laughs> well, and you're not drinking anymore, so maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And my final point is... um. Uh, uh, Rosemary, uh, on, in, in the documentary, they show some of the outtakes of them rehearsing. And I remember one vividly where Richard Deacon comes in and Maury Amsterdam says a couple of things about, his, about the fact that he's bald or whatever, a couple of really yeah. funny jokes. What do you uh, comb your hair with, a wet rag? Yeah. But Stuff at, like at that, this right? point, Richard, Richard Deacon just busts out and they both just fall over and you know, he puts his arm on Maury Amsterdam and the director's like, cut, cut come on, get, you guys stop laughing. <laughs> so oh, obviously, to get back to your point about Richard Deacon, he obviously had a very strong ego and he was very self-assured. So, Well, I'm glad to hear that. He was at, uh, I wonder when he died. Can, can we have that in the corrections? I'll put that yes. in the corrections. And I also remember that he was a wonderful a gourmet chef. Uh, no kidding. And again, wow. I might be wrong on that. One for the corrections. I promise to give you more about Richard Deacon. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because this is important. Dick Van Dyke, as you were doing your research, is it right now syndicated on a certain network? Because I can't even remember. I don't know. But okay. I just recently, let me just tell you. Yeah. Uh, I just recently switched from DirecTV to Hulu. I'm a cord cutter now. Okay? Oh, good for you. So they have season one of the Dick Van Dyke show on Hulu. Okay. Why only season one? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. So the, I don't know if it's running anywhere. In, in, I'm sure it's running in syndication. I mean, it just yes. never has stopped running in syndication. No, I want to say. I don't know. I want to say. It's, Hulu, yeah, I'll point. find out. I want to say it's on Antenna TV. But like you say, I mean, I'm, I use Amazon Prime. I use Tubi. You can find it anywhere. And it's usually f- not anywhere, but you can find it easily. And, uh, and that's a great show. I promise you, I'm going to start to binge watching that because you can just pick season three, episode nine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. A- any season, any episode, you know it's going to be a good one. When we get to the Dick Van Dyke show proper, so to speak, we yeah. must. I was shocked at what a good uh, job, a comedic job, Mary Tyler Moore did on that Coast oh, yeah. to Coast Big Mouth show. She was tremendous comedian. They all were. All, everybody yep. walked onto that set. was awesome. So we well, got to do that sometime. Well, and but, of course uh, we could do we could break it down by character. Like this is Mary yeah. Tyler Moore episode. This is a, a whole that's going to be season 2, right? Jim? Yeah. Just nothing but Dick <laughs> Van Dyke. Well, and of course you know you've you've stumbled upon a great, a top 10, a, 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 an award-winning episode when you when you 
press play and you, and you watch a Dick Van Dyke episode and then all of a sudden you hear, clang, 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 won't you come home, Bill Bailey, clang, 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 won't you come home, clang, clang, clang. <laughs> and that's oh, a great God. place to end uh, this evening's program because yes. uh, you can't go anywhere but down with Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> that's reference. right, the great Jerry Van Dyke. All right, my buddy. Perfect, perfect episode, A-plus in my book. So, uh, so you get the award for today. Why don't you wrap things up as Harry Carey for us? <clears throat> Listen, baseball will be back, and there's danger here, Cherie. So long now. All right, this is Jim, and I'm back with the corrections. Right off the bat, I want to mention Burt Ward, because we didn't talk a lot about what he's doing now. He runs the Gentle Giants Animal Rescue, he and his wife. They rescue animals from all across the country, mainly large breeds. A lot of them are Great Danes. They have an online store. I think they sell their own dog food. Check them out. They've got a great Facebook page. Again, it's Gentle Giants Animal Rescue. Batman was ranked number 82 all time by two individual critics that did a survey about 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, the guy that we referred to as the black guy from Police Academy, and we did not mean to be racist at all, but we're talking about Michael Winslow. Guy does all those great sound effects. And I actually made a mistake. I did not work with Michael Winslow. And now that it matters, because I know Harry doesn't ever listen to the corrections. And next week I'm planning on featuring bosom buddies for my TV show. And I'll probably tell him I worked with Tom Hanks. Doesn't matter. Uh, Dick Van Dyke Show, ranked number 13 all time as far as sitcoms, according to TV Guide. Eli Wallach, got to mention him. He had a great resume. He was in The Misfits, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. He was in The Godfather Part 3. Just a great actor. We didn't give him his due, but his resume is never-ending. And Richard Deacon finally passed away in 1984. Sadly, he was only 63 years old. However, I was 100% right. He was a gourmet chef, and later in life, when he wasn't acting as much in the 70s and 80s, he actually did a lot of TV shows where he would be a guest chef. He actually did a special show, and maybe it was a series of shows, where he actually cooked with the microwave. So Richard Deacon, we're thinking about you, and we miss you. Thank you so much for uh, listening to our podcast, our broadcast, whatever you want to call it. We'll see you again soon. So long now.